welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello and welcome to Great Shot Kid, the Nerd Party's podcast that examines the work of Star Wars creators both inside and outside the Star Wars galaxy. I'm John. And I'm Mike. And this week we're not going to do a single controversial thing because we are coming right out of Mike's experiences uh, with Star Wars Celebration Orlando. The big Star Wars Celebration uh, event that has traditionally been thrown, I mean they, they originated with the prequels as a way to uh, drum up support for the prequels, and they've kept going. Yeah. And now they are ways for Disney to drum up support for their new films. Now, this is the third celebration since Disney took over, correct? I believe so, yeah, in America, yeah. right. So this is Orlando. Mm-hmm. And so we're at uh, one of the Disney capitals of the world. And I was unable to go, but Mike, you were able to go. So... I want to set the stage here first before we get into the questions about what your excitement was, your excitement level was, and how you were going into this, what you were expecting uh, in terms of experience, and then we'll get into the questions about what was met and, and stuff like that. So day one, going into it, your your plane's about to come down, what's going through your mind? Oh yeah, my excitement level was pretty high, not so much because of like what I was expecting to see or whatever or what big announcements there were, but more because, you know, I had been to Celebration 3 and Celebration 4, and, you know, Celebration 3 in particular was a lot of fun. That was, you know, the one right before Episode 3 came out, and, you know, I was kind of, you know, remembering, you know, the good times that I had there and, and all that stuff and, you know, looking forward to this adventure, you know, and, uh, you know, there were, there were certain things that I was definitely, you know, looking forward to at this particular event. The three in particular that I was looking forward to were, uh, the 40th anniversary panel, the last Jedi panel, and, uh, the screenings of the, the various movies. They, they had two, Mm -hmm. two nights of screenings and that's what I was looking forward to the most. Okay, so those were the three things you were looking forward to most. Were you going in with a mindset of expecting, because I was at Celebration 3, it's the last one I was at. So my first question is going to be, in terms of line management, for somebody who did go to Celebration 3 and endured that, and I went to Celebration 2 and endured that, um, (laughs) give me a grade for their line management here. What, What was that part of the experience like? What did it? Did you expect to wait in line as long as you did to see the things you wanted to? I did expect to wait in the, in the lines as long as I did to see these things. Um, but I will say this. The lines were longer than I expected they would be. Um, I mean, the, my personal wait time was, was pretty much what I had you know thought, but the lines were longer than I thought they would be. But I would not say that that was the fault of the organization um i i think that the lines were better organized than they were at celebration three but i also think they were longer um and there were a number of reasons for that if i had to grade them on their line efficiency i would probably give them a c for a number of reasons well considering the fact that uh my wife who is a professional meeting planner 
experienced Celebration 3 with me, and we all came out decidedly with a failing grade from that. I'd say that they've made forward progress for anybody that's uh, keeping track there. Now, um, one thing that I was sort of unclear on was the big line wait at Celebration 3 and at previous celebrations was for the store, Mm -hmm. for the exclusives that they were going to have. Was the store the biggest line, or was it the panels that that were the biggest line? Well, on the first two days in particular, the the panels, the 40th anniversary and the Last Jedi panels were the biggest line because those started the night before, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. With the store, it was, I mean, I didn't get into the store because every time I went there, it was like, okay, there's a line. How long is this line? Three hours. Okay, yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to wait three hours in line to to go buy the stuff. Now, what they did at Celebration Four, which at the time I thought was like over the top, you know, but now mm-hmm. I I realize maybe wasn't over the top, was <laughs> at Celebration Four they were like, we're keeping the store open 24 hours, you know, and wow. during the day the line was long to get in. But like my friend and I went over like in the middle of the night, you know, like at midnight or whatever, and there was nobody there, you know, and that was pretty great. And I kind of wish they would have done that here because then I would have been able to get into the store. I've always um, I've always thought that what they should be what they should do is they should set up kiosks the way they do at rock and roll concerts. Yeah. Um, And, you know, so that like you can go up and certain kiosks, you have to get certain things at. But. By and large, if you just want a shirt or a hat or something, you can stop off at one of a hundred places mm-hmm. on the concourse and get something. Maybe, maybe that's an innovation we can see. Uh, I mean, with you guys waiting in line for the panels as long as you did, they should have had kiosks set up right there at the lines, and they could have taken your orders. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did have. <laughs> I mean, this is this is like them getting smart, you know. And I guess just time, you know, being what it is or whatever, but. You know, back at Celebration 3, as you, you probably remember, the big mm. panel that everyone wanted to get into was George Lucas, right? Yes, 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 yes. I skipped and, that one. Well, uh, yeah, and, and that was one where, you know, the, the the line started forming the night before. It was kind of understood that if you wanted to get in to see George Lucas, you are going to have to wait in line overnight. And my friend and I are like, we can do that, you know? I mean, it's indoors and everything. Like, that. that's no problem. So... Uh, you know, and and uh, my other friend who who we were with, who I who I lived with at the time, who I went went down there with, he's like, I'm not doing that. Are you crazy? I'm I'm gonna go home and and sleep. You know, but but my friend Zach and I, we 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 said, you know, no, we're definitely gonna go go to this this uh this thing. So we get there, and they're like, you can't wait. Like we were towards the front of the line, you know, and the the security guards were like, you cannot wait here inside you know because there's no security like it's it's not not set up for that you know and it's mm-hmm. it's not something that the convention center will, will allow you guys have to wait outside mm-hmm. and we were like okay it's cold <laughs> but you know that's fine uh-huh. <laughs> so we're we're under the little canopy thing and you know so the rain you know or it, which turned into snow later in the evening sure did as i found out you know it wouldn't get to us, you know. We're like, we can do this. And then they said, no, you can't wait here. You have to wait, like, off the building, you know, so, mm-hmm. like, down the street. Like, I remember we were, like, standing in, like, a parkway or something. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't be on, like, a property within certain right certain distance of the building. 
so then we're standing in the rain in 40 degree weather and we did that for like 45 minutes and then finally i was like screw this i'm i'm, I'm not doing this let's just uh, george I, I think what i said was like would george lucas do this for me no, no, he would not. No, he would not. So I'm going to go home then, and then that's fine. And I don't get to see George Lucas and whatever. That it, it, it is what it is. So I left, and uh, we didn't get to see it. Interesting postscript to that story. Um, you know, as mm. as is the case with all these conventions. You know, after everyone who's in line fills in, surely there is you know um, some some empty space in the theaters, and there are people who wait. You know on standby essentially to get into the room um well as one of the panels was beginning my friend who said screw that i don't care about george lucas i'm not going to see you know this panel he happened to be walking by the room completely oblivious to everything and some guy you know some usher or whatever who was outside of the room you know getting the standby people in he sees him walking by and there were some empty seats and he said hey do you want to come in and see George Lucas? And my friend was like, sure. And he got to it's go beautiful, in man. and see George Lucas and then, of course, rub it in my face since I <laughs> didn't get to see that, and that was the thing I was looking forward to most at that convention. But see, now, isn't that the message about being a Force user is to let go and stop trying to control your destiny and allow the will of the Force to carry you there? I guess that's what it is. So there you go. Lucas is. provided that lesson, I bet. Yeah. And it's for you. Mike Schindler. So, so, so that was the first time, right? That was 05, right? Yeah. But, but now, you know, uh, 12 years later, they've learned their lesson and they've, they've figured out how to monetize this. You know, this goes back to you <laughs> right. talking about like kiosks because now it's not, you know, you have to wait in line off property overnight. Now it's come to the sleepover where there will be concessions for sale, you know? And sure. I mean, you should have seen that line for Papa John's in there. It was huge. <laughs> I've got pictures. There's a, a, I have a picture of a line which started forming at 4 a.m. for coffee, even though the coffee stand didn't open up until 4.30. And the line was yeah. like a good 20 people deep, you know? Sure. I mean, yeah. So they kind of figured that out. Next step, the kiosks with the, the official store merchandise. They could have cleaned up, but, you know. Baby steps, Some, I guess. Someday in the future, they'll get there. They'll get yeah. there. Now, now you talked about people getting into the theater for the panel. And so one of the things that intrigues me is they've had the movie showings at previous celebrations, and it wouldn't be something that would necessarily tickle my fancy. I love these films, obviously, and I would want to go see these films. What is it about the experience there that makes you want to go see the films at celebration? Well, I mean, it's the fact that they're up on the big screen, you know, and... In 05, you know, they had like a, a, a digital projector, a DCP projector, which they brought in yeah. to show footage from episode three. They had like those two sizzle reels for episode three. Oh, I remember them. I remember Rick them. McCallum I remember Rick McCallum cursing sitting during, there during all it. day yeah. long, which I mean, Rick McCallum is the coolest, you know, and, and that, was, <laughs> that was so awesome. I just want to hang out with that dude, but whatever. And I went to see that a million times, but then at night they were like, oh, we're showing the movies. And they did like three double features or something. Well, they, they couldn't have been because there were only five movies, but um, they did right. some combination where they showed all the movies. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Even though they were showing just the DVDs at the time, you know, no Blu-ray yet. Um, and how did we know, manage? Yeah, they weren't DCPs or anything. And I'm like, oh, well, these look like garbage. But 
you know, it is cool anyway, they to weren't see them. DCPs. Yeah. That's nuts. Well, they didn't that, even have DCPs at that point, aside no, but, for one and two. Yeah, but I mean, that's what I'm saying is there would have been for one and two, right? Like, because I remember seeing two digitally, mm-hmm. like in the theater. It's not like it was, you know, a rare print of the film that they couldn't get. You know, it was, boop, here's your thumb drive, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and, and I, I mean, I think with episode one, it was actually with episode two even, it might have been a little bit more complicated than that because... At that point in time, they were still going through a lot of compatibility issues, trying to figure ah, out exactly what was the format. I remember the MPEG versus JPEG wars of 2006. It was crazy. It was a crazy time in the in the digital. Uh, there were bits the everywhere on the world. battlefield. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so you know, I mean, there might have been some issues there, but regardless. We only got to see the DVDs, and you know they looked like garbage, but it was still a lot of fun seeing it with the audience and seeing it on the big screen, and the sound was great, you know. And um, when uh, the Celebration Four rolled around in two thousand and seven, what they did, this is the first convention that they had after the the second trilogy was completed. They did a thing where um, you know the convention started on Thursday, but on Wednesday you could go to pick up your badges and stuff like that. And what they did was, you know, on Wednesday, you could go to a screening of all six movies back to mm-hmm, back to back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's what I want more than anything, you know, to see it there. Now, we're in L.A., movie theater capital of the world. You know, the Chinese oh, sure. theater is right down the street, you know, where where obviously it's is that's where Star Wars is kind of like known for, for being shown. And all that they were playing was 28 weeks later, which was had been out for you know months at that point. Not not months, but weeks. Anyway, so why they couldn't have just been like, hey, we're doing this at the Chinese, I have no idea. But instead they did it in this gigantic convention hall with like concrete floors. The and sound like, must have been horrific. Yeah, it was the sound was horrific and the uh the the light leaking was terrible because they had like these like aircraft carrier sized doors that were just and the light even though the doors were closed the light was just streaming through and you know it was so bright in there and you know and it's speaking now this these were dcp like i i talked Mm -hmm. to well maybe not dcp but they were digital files like i I talked to the projectionist you know i like went over to him i'm like hey what are you guys running these off of and they're like oh we got um we've got the the digital masters essentially like i don't know if they were like the actual you know like i I can't imagine them giving them the master tapes no i i highly doubt that but they were running them off of digital tape and they were like we we even there's just so you know because of the way that this was mastered or whatever episode 1 since it was so early on they're mm-hmm. like we we actually it's spread out across three tapes so there's going to be two slight pauses wow. in this movie while we switch the tape you right wow. i mean <laughs> the other ones ran smoothly, you know, and they were like the same transfers that they had used for the the DVDs, but they were in HD. And mm-hmm. uh, luckily, the sun went down just in time for Empire, you know, as it should. And, you know, it was, again, sure. a great experience. So, you know, having heard that at past conventions, they showed like like at the last one, they showed Revenge of the Sith in 3D, you know, and it's like, that's awesome. You know, yeah. I mean, this is the only time it's ever been shown. 
So I was really hoping for something like that. And what they ended up doing was two nights. One was Rogue One and A New Hope back to back, you know, which is Question. nice because they run right one into the other. Right. And, and, then, I got the, a and then the other that, night though. was five, six, and seven. So does does it mesh as nicely? Because I, I have not marathoned the two of them back to back. Yeah. And I have rewatched Rogue One recently, watching it live. Now, obviously, you got you go through the credits, and then they re, they change, and you go to the bathroom and everything. Watching them back to back, I have an opinion about the ending, about how the ending could have worked even better, plugging into A New Hope. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if wishes were fishes and everything, how did it play with a live crowd? Was everybody as electric as you would think? Or yeah. were people sort of like, oh, well, yeah, okay, that kind of worked. Like, what what was the general consensus? No, people were electric. I mean, the thing that I, I really noticed is um, one thing that they did, which they came out at the beginning, you know, and they're like, uh, just so you know, there isn't going to be an intermission. We're just going to go one right into the other. And everyone's like, okay, you know, all right, fine. So, like, the credits roll, and then immediately, you know, the 20th Century Fox, you know, fanfare starts so up. So it was the 20th Century Fox fanfare? Yes. Um, wow. It was the 20th Century Fox fanfare for all these. What what we saw were the masters that were on the Blu-rays. And okay. these were these were the same masters which played before Force Awakens when they did the six movie or the seven movie marathon. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, they, they were all 2K, even though they apparently have 4K masters. The only movie that was 4K was Rogue One. Because that sure. was mastered in 4K theatrically, or for the theaters, and yeah, they were the exact versions that are on the the Blu-rays. And interestingly, when they did show the, the six movies, the um, the master that they used for Episode One was the the 2D master that they released along with the 3D version. So it's mm-hmm. got that 3Dified Lucasfilm logo at the front. Ah, uh, but yuck. But to be fair, it is a new master, so the the quality is is much better than the the Blu-ray in that particular case. Okay. Uh, all right. So you went to both nights, yes? Yeah. How was the an- reaction for Rogue One versus The Force Awakens? Was there more electricity for one or the other, or did it just seem like the crowd was into it whole hog for all of them? Yeah, well, I mean, to answer your question about whether they were into it, you know, when going from Rogue One to A New Hope. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like when the opening crawl of, of a new hope came up and I mean, they really do kind of like describe what you just saw (laughs) there. There was a lot of applause like, yeah, go guys. You know, you did a good job in that last movie, you know? And there were a lot of people who like, basically after that first scene, they were like, okay, let's go. You know? And they just left. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, with, with rogue one versus force awakens, I would say the reaction I mean, it might have been stronger for Force Awakens, um, mm-hmm. for for Rogue One, but it was a different crowd, you know, a different night. For sure. Rogue One, I mean, people were definitely into it and everything, but the crowd in general was a lot more um, boisterous mm-hmm. on the second night, you know, with episodes five, six, and seven, and there were a lot of moments in, in episode seven that, that got applause. I, I think the crowd might have been smaller because that was the movie that played at like 10.30 at night, whereas Rogue right. One was at like 6, six o'clock or 7.30 the night before. But yeah, I've got I've, I've got to ask, because now that you've seen five, six, and seven in a row, uh, right in a row, is um, that opening three seconds of episode seven's fanfare is grating 
uh, at now as it was uh, when it when it first went because those notes don't um, quite match. Oh, yeah. you can totally tell. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm just I'm just making sure that that I'm not insane on that one. So. No, no, yeah. you can totally tell. It doesn't really bother me, but yeah, you can definitely tell. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's different instrumentation, and it's like I sort of got over it, but it was like, I, it, you know, because Lucasfilm actually reused, you know, the, the opening burst of music. So, like, that's why it's identical, yeah. uh, it, you know, in the prequels and everything is because they reused it, mm-hmm. and and Williams just composed the rest of the stuff, whereas they re-recorded it for this, and I came to peace with it. It's like, well, you know, okay, this is a different set of movies, so whatever. That's, yeah. that's fine. It's still the same music. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in terms of the panels... Did the panels themselves meet your expectations? Were you were you thrilled with everything that you saw? Did you come out of them saying, "Yeah, I ha- I'm so happy," or were you happier with the smaller stuff you might have gone to see, like John Knoll? I know you went to see John Knoll. Yeah. Were you happier with the smaller stuff, or were you blown away by the stuff on the main stage? I, I was pretty blown away by the stuff on the main stage. I mean, that first panel, I mean, for anyone who's sort of not aware of, like, what went down, you know, I mean, basically going into it, people were like, oh, Hayden, Christ- well, Kathleen Kennedy will be there, Hayden Christensen's going to be there, and, like, Billy D. Williams and Peter Mayhew. I mean, everyone was like, well, you got to figure Mark Hamill's going to show up, you know, I mean, things like that, because he's there, right? So... You know, but people were like, what's going to happen? Are they going to announce the original trilogy on Blu-ray, you know, unaltered? Are they going to announce, you know... uh, That was my bet. Yeah. I thought that was going to happen. But as soon as I heard that Lucas was going to be there, I believe I sent you a message saying if Lucas is there, not a chance that's going to happen. Well, there were people who thought, like, maybe Lucas will show up. People thought, you know, maybe they were going to announce, you know, Han Solo, you know, movie, you know, bring out, you know... The, the Han Solo, you know, people and, and then say like what the name of the movie is or whatever. You know, there was a lot of speculation. People thought that there was going to be an Obi-Wan, an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, you know, announced it. And so no one really knew for sure. Right. And there weren't any big announcements, which was kind of a surprise. But, you know, there were certainly some big surprises, you know, which was were really cool. I mean, you know, it starts off with, you know, Warwick Davis was hosting. Right. And he brings out Kathleen Kennedy and she's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, Star Wars is great, but, you know, there wouldn't be any Star Wars if it weren't for George Lucas, ladies and gentlemen. And everyone's like, oh, my God, you know, because yeah. there's George Lucas, you know, coming out on stage. So finally, I got to see him after, you know, 12 years. I finally got to see him on stage. Excellent. And <laughs> you see, I, I watched the live feed. He seems to emit a very relaxed aura. Like he oh, yeah. retirement I mean, seems to be treating him well. That's his thing, I think. He's always really relaxed, you know. I, it, it seemed it seemed amplified from previously. He seemed really really you know, well just it was sedate. it was interesting. Like I was in the very last row and I could see behind me like the teleprompter and yeah. at some point I sort of got wise to it and started like looking at it to basically see what was coming next, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> because they'd be like next slide, you know, Spoilers. number 74 of 94, you know, and I'm like, okay, you know, and like as it's going along, I'm like, I guess they're they're at slide 87 now. I guess they're not going to be announcing anything big, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But like you'd look back and you'd be like, here's Kathleen Kennedy's speech. And then you'd look back, you know, when George Lucas's time to talk and there's nothing, you know? Yeah. So he was just like, I don't care. You know, I mean, he's <laughs> yeah. just, you know, like I even got the impression that, you know, I mean, jumping ahead to the end when they did the Carrie Fisher tribute, like, I think he was supposed to leave 
just the way that their body language looked and everything. I think yeah. he was supposed to leave and Kathleen Kennedy was going to introduce this. And I think right there on the stage, he was like, I want to stay. That was the yeah. impression that I got just from looking at it. I'm sure anyone can look at the feed and judge for themselves. Maybe I'm misreading. But, you know, regardless of any of that. So, you know, I mean, they bring him out. And Warwick Davis talks to him. He does the whole thing with his, you know, the letter that he wrote about the toys, which I'm sure everyone's familiar with already. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, you know, here's Hayden Christensen and Ian McNearmid, you know? I saw that. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that was cool and everything, but everyone sort of knew that that was coming. So then they leave and then they bring out Dave Filoni. And it's like, yeah, okay, obviously, you know, Dave Filoni's there, you know, he's got like 15 panels, so, you know, sure, he's going to show up, right? So he leaves, you know, and then they're like, oh, here's, you know, the the Star Wars, you know, people, Peter Mayhew, Anthony Daniels, and Billy D. Williams, and it's like, yeah, it's great, you know, I think all of them were announced, and it's like, well... They're at every single convention, you know. I mean, it's cool to see them, but it's not like this is like, oh, my God, look at the rabbit that they pulled out of this hat, you know. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, and Mark Hamill. And everyone's like, yeah, that's cool because, you know, he's here, of course. How could you not, right? And then, like, they're up there and Warwick Davis is like, okay, George, this is crazy. You know, here you are with four or dare I say five of your greatest characters, you know, character creations up on one stage. How could it get any more epic than this? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, ladies and gentlemen, Harrison Ford. And everyone's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. and Harrison Ford comes out, you know, and that was pretty great. I mean, there was some like there were some rumblings in the crowd beforehand. I mean, like the 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 people who I was like next to in line, there was like one woman who uh, she was with her son and her son stayed with us, but she like left for the night because like she had like a medical badge. So he was able to get like a wristband for her or whatever. And mm-hmm. she came back in, but she had to wait like an hour and a half in line to get back in in the morning, oh, you know, and she's like, people are saying they saw Harrison Ford outside and we're all like, no, come on. He doesn't care about Star Wars. How, what could they do to get him to Orlando for this, you know? Yeah. And they're like, you know, and I even said to her, I'm like, did they say they saw Harrison Ford or did they say they saw Han Solo? Because right. Alden Ehrenreich, I can see, you know, Harrison Ford, I can't. And she's like, no, they said Harrison Ford. I'm like, okay, I'll believe that when I see it, you know? And yeah. there it was, you know, there, there it is. So he was obviously very overwhelmed by the reaction, I think. I mean, one of the things that I find absolutely endearing about Ford is that his he doesn't have false humility about him in any way. Mm-hmm. Like when crowds react that way for him, he seems legitimately humbled by it, where he's like, well, oh, yeah, sure. I, you know, like he seems very genuine in his appreciation for the love that's that's thrown his way. You know when he when he shows up somewhere is what I'm saying, and that was nice to see. Yeah. Um, now with the last Jedi panel, I mean, well, we're we're it, skipping over the 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 thing oh, that sort I of am. like because they, they did a whole tribute to Carrie Fisher with right. Billy Lord and everything, but then you know it's like it's wrapping up and everything, and everyone's like that was amazing. You know, time to go home. 
And then the curtain opens up and there's John Williams with a full orchestra. And that's when people lost their freaking minds, you know? And I mean, I don't think anyone else could have possibly done this, anyone else in the world. But the, I mean, the noise in that room was just like, ah! And then John (laughs) Williams just turns around and like puts his, his finger to his lips and everyone just shut up and you could hear a pin drop in there, you know, like Waiting instantaneously. Yeah. And then he plays Leia's theme and everyone just starts bawling, of course, you know. Uh, was it really, what, what, were there a lot of tears? Were people really, really emotional? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was even tearing up, you know, I have to say. And, you know, because I think everyone kind of also thought he was, they were going to just like play up, you know, play him off with, you know, Star Wars or whatever, the the theme, you know, but no, he plays Leia's theme and then, and then Star Wars and then, you know, everything. And I had actually, I mean, (laughs) because someone in line was like, I hear John Williams is going to be here. You know, I have an inside source and John Williams is going to be here. And it, you know, like talking to the person, it's like, that's legit. Like now I'm going to be surprised if John Williams is not here. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, so like as it's getting to the end and I'm looking at my watch and everything, I'm like, wow. And, and also like, there's no space for an orchestra. Right. Yeah. I'm like, wow, th- no John Williams. That's a bit of a supp- surprise. You know, that's kind of a shock. And then the curtain opens up and I'm like, oh, there it is. There it is. You know, I see, I was playing along at home or on the live stream and then the live stream, I mean, for me, at least, I'm sure it wasn't this way globally, but for me, the live stream collapsed during Billy Lord speaking yeah, and I couldn't get it back. Um, but yeah, that would have been, that would have been pretty awesome to, uh, you know, to have Williams come up. That, that, that sounds like a really very cool experience, especially since there's very much a, like a concert, like a rock concert vibe yeah. to everything that's happening there to have music is just fitting. Right. And it's like one surprise after another. And it's like, what can you do? Like, I mean, after they bring out Harrison Ford and George Lucas and everything, you're like, you know, it doesn't get any better better than this. What could you possibly do? It's like, well, you bring out John Williams and have him start playing Star Star Wars music, uh, you know, right there in front of everyone. So, I mean, that was pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. So did you, did you go to panels through the rest of that day or did you take a nap and come back? How, how did you play the rest of that day yeah. in, in preparation for the last Jedi panel? Well, at that point I went home and slept because my initial intention was to come back and get in line, you know, and, and do this all over again for last Jedi. But, you know, the, the line really took a lot out of me. I barely got any sleep at all. I maybe slept for a half an hour total the whole night. And, you know, it didn't help that they brought out a freaking DJ at one o'clock in the morning. You shared that tweet with me. And I can tell you that uh, I'm not a violent man. I really am not. (laughs) But if that had happened and I was like, say, just just on the edge of sleep, probably I would have had to be escorted out of there. It was it was insane. You know, I mean, I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, you bring him out at like 11 o'clock or whatever, but one o'clock. Come right, on. eleven o'clock. Everybody, everybody gets excited, has a nice little chuckle before they go to sleep. Uh, but yeah, one o'clock—that's crossing a line, man. I mean, maybe they were waiting for everyone to be in because they were locking the doors at midnight, you know. But I mean, whatever. I don't know. So uh, you know, I was kind of like last Jedi panel. I, I know what to expect. It's going to be, you know, all because we've seen it. We've seen it twice now already. You know, we've seen it with Rogue One. We saw it with Force Awakens. Like I know what I'm going to expect. 
I'll just go to the overflow room and watch it on the big screen. If not, I'll go to my hotel room and watch it at home. But I'm going to get some sleep so that I can kind of enjoy the rest of the day. Because, I mean, after like Force Awake or after, uh, you know, the 40th anniversary, I was like, okay, I need to go home and sleep, you know, yeah. and I did. And then I woke up and saw John Knoll. And then after seeing John Knoll, you know, I was like, it was like 6.30 at night. The line was supposed to start forming at 8 for Last Jedi. And there was already a line, which was basically as long as it was when I I, I went, you know, for the 40th anniversary. So I'm like, you know, screw this. I'm going to go watch Fate of the Furious instead. Um, I applaud your decision personally. (laughs) Well, I I, I would say that's the right way to play it. Well, I thought so, too. And I was very proud of myself until the next day when I returned at, you know, 5 a.m. to get my wristband for one of the overflow rooms. And I find out that um, they didn't have a DJ uh, the second night. (laughs) But what they had was Ryan Johnson, who decided to show up. And shake everyone's hand. Spent four hours in that room, going down the line, saying, "Seems hi like to a good everyone. guy. He, he he seems like a really good guy to have, yeah. to have done that. I mean, that yeah. the thing is, it's it's one thing to have the director show up and be like, "Hey, that's great. I'm going to go back to my hotel room and sleep." But for him to be in with the crowd and yeah. express appreciation like that, that shows that that guy he appreciates the moment he's in, yeah, and the people he's with. I mean, you know, other. Filmmakers or whoever should definitely take note of that because okay yeah he's a big he's a big geek for sure right but yeah. he's I mean he goes to like buttonomathon all the time and stuff like that and you know he's one of those people who probably would legitimately be standing in that line if he wasn't up on the stage right right so yeah. you know I mean as someone who knows that who knows all that stuff it's like he shows up and I mean there's absolutely no downside aside from you know maybe not getting a, a lot of sleep but it's like you go there. And you're a rock star for one thing, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. everyone loves you, right? But then, like, I mean, you watch that panel the next day, and they're like, so, you know, you... And everyone in that room was just like, I mean, it was like the loudest applause of anything because all those people in the, that room met him, you know? Right. It's like, it's like there's so much goodwill generated. There's absolutely yeah. no downside to doing that, you know? Yes, and I completely agree. I think that would have been really neat to uh, meet him and shake his hand. I know that there were a flurry of selfies out there on the internet yeah. of people meeting him and and having all of those great things. I'm gonna I'm gonna say one thing about watching the live stream of the Last Jedi panel is that um, Josh Gad yeah. uh, is a great great host. Oh and yeah, I, he was. Really I think good. that he is fantastic, and they should bring him back every time mm-hmm. because. He was funny and he was self-effacing. Uh, the moment when uh, you know the BB-8 joke didn't go, and he's just like, "Oh, that worked better in rehearsal." Okay, yeah, <laughs> you know, like I I appreciate his humor. Very yeah, much. no, he was really good. I mean, sometimes you know the the people who they have hosting are just like you're just like, oh my god. I mean, that was a problem. That was a really big problem at Celebration Four, where like there was one stage where they had some guy hosting, and he had like this massive video introduction for every single panel that he did. Ugh. And like he was like the one who was interviewing Irvin Kirshner, and I'm like, we are taking away so much time from you know actually seeing Irvin Kirshner. What are you doing? You know, right? And right. you know, I mean the 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 I only saw you know a couple panels with hosts, uh, but you know like Warwick Davis was really good, you know, uh, um, Josh Cad was really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Warwick Davis is a really he is a really he knows how to work a crowd. 
mm-hmm. very much. He, he yeah. knows. And I think, I think Gad has that same sort of energy about him, but let, let's go ahead and let's, you know, we, we know that they, they introduced, uh, the new actress who, mm-hmm. who's going to be in it. And, um, you know, they had some shots. I really enjoy, I hope that Ryan Johnson publishes a book of oh, yeah. his photographs from on set because just the few that we saw were great. Yeah. But I want to hit it right here. First question, teaser poster and trailer. Which yeah. one did you like better? I just, mean, I, the, just, I, I don't want any qualifications or explanations. Which one did you like better? It doesn't mean that either one was bad. Okay. It just means which one did you like better? Which one got the most wow reaction out of you when you first saw it? Okay, the poster. Okay. I think that's a fairly common reaction. Mm-hmm. Now, the trailer, because I've been dying to talk about the trailer with you mm-hmm. um, ever since it dropped. I'm like, okay, Mike and I got to talk about this. Yeah. What was your takeaway? Watching the trailer those first two times, what was your takeaway from that trailer? Um, I thought it looked really cool. I mean, I guess a, a couple of things that I saw, like sort of my impression, and one of the reasons why I was like, I don't need to stay up all night to see this, is because... Even though, like, I liked Force Awakens a lot more than than Rogue One, okay? Like, I am not nearly as excited about the episodes as I am about the standalone movies. Because I I know what I'm going to get with the episodes, in a sense. You know, and I'm like, okay, it's a yes, and now the story continues. Whereas, like, with Han Solo, I'm like, what are they going to do? You know, like, I have no idea what they're going to do in this thing. That's a fair you know? comment. Sure. And, you know, it's like with with this, I was like, okay, so, yes, it'll be exciting because the story will continue. But, like, hearing them talk and seeing the trailer, you know, it, it added a couple of layers that I wasn't necessarily expecting. Mainly, you know, the whole thing, which I should have seen coming from you know, a mile away, a hundred miles away. And it's my own sort of like stupidity for not seeing it. Sure. But the idea that, you know, she gets there and is like, train me, Luke. And Luke's like, no, I'm not into that. I do not want any Jedi. You know, this is not a good idea. I mean, I think everyone in the room was like, oh, that's crazy. You know, but Mm, you think about it and you're like, no, that's kind of what the entire first movie was about, right? Like, they're looking for Luke because they want to train Jedi, and Luke's like, screw you all. I'm uh, going to go live on this, this island, you right. know? He, he, if, if somebody wants to uh, train Jedi, they don't uh, erase the copy of every map imaginable <laughs> right. and go there. So, I mean, like, it's it's yeah. an interesting twist. I mean, you know, I mean, the training montages and everything, obviously there's a lot of similarities between that and Empire, but the, the twist being that, you know, the reluctant, I mean, I guess Yoda was somewhat reluctant too, but the very reluctant, you know, trainer is interesting, you know? I will say that um, the the training shot that we got of the, the twirling lightsaber actually reminded me more of Highlander. Uh, than than anything else because there is a specific you know during the training montage in Highlander he's you know doing the sword play on the cliff yeah that's so, true and, yeah. and you know, I wouldn't be surprised I mean knowing Johnson and his his vast well, knowledge of film I wouldn't be surprised if that was uh, I saw a visual cue that reminded me of Brick uh, yeah. the, the shot of Luke standing in the cave with the, it it looked just like Joseph Gordon Levitt and the other characters standing. You know, silhouetted against the light when the camera's inside the tunnel. I was like, oh, okay, that looks like a Ryan Johnson shot that I'm familiar with. Yeah. And the, 
but the ships that were skimming over that surface with the giant plumes of red coming up behind them yeah. as what are fairly obviously imperial walkers in the distance like that was awesome I yeah, was that, like, was, that, that was really bold cool. color and and that they they announced later on in the show that um star tours is is making an, a new um level or whatever you want to call it Sweet. which is going to take place on that planet so sweet yeah so that'll be out next year but um yeah but yeah i mean i i guess one of the things which struck me about it was like how how sort of like rich the photography was like it it really looked different from force awakens i mean i love the way that force awakens looks i mean dan mandel you know he's 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 the bomb but with this it was like there was a different quality to it you know it really looked like a different movie Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I really liked the way that it looked. All right. So we, we've gotten through, through these things. We, you know, we, we've talked about the big panels and everything. And as we're, as we're drawing to a close, my thought being a spectator at home was those live big crowd scenes were cool, but I, I'm not sure that I got something where I was like, I'm, you know, like walking down the street, tearing my, my shirt off and, you know, gnashing my teeth that I didn't go was your experience positive enough that when they have another celebration so long as it's you know it lines up with work and everything are you did you come out of this one saying I am going to the next one or did you come out of this one saying eh, it's going to kind of depend yeah I mean it's going to depend I mean I think I kind of knew that going into it or whatever you know I mean I had a lot of fun you know for sure um, I don't know. It, it's it. It was definitely a different experience for me. Like I didn't. I don't think I walked the entire show floor, you know, mm-hmm. just because of you know. The, the, I mean, it, it was very very hazy in terms of my just sleep schedule and everything. Right. Like I was waking sure. up. I mean, I was like, great, I can get another hour and a half of sleep right here. I mean, I was like timing it all out to that. And I missed a lot of stuff because of that. I missed a lot of panels that I wanted to see and everything. But um, I, I think I would have to manage my time better. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun, but I don't feel like this was like a, you know, like a, a must see, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, but see, I had what... never, I had never been to, I mean, you see like San Diego and everything like that. And with these big, you know, sort of like movie reveals, sort of like panels and stuff like that, where they do like a new trailer and they bring out the directors and every single person. And, you know, I mean, that's like the big con experience, which, you know, you see at at places like most notably San Diego, you know, Hall H, the Hall H experience. And I had never been to a convention like that before. This was the first time I had ever done that. And it was fun to experience that. Like, I'm glad that I had that experience. Do I need that for episode nine? Um, probably not, no. But, you know, I mean, if, if everything worked out and I could go to, uh, you know, Celebration 10 or whatever it is, yeah, I, I would go. But is it like, I need to start requesting the time off of work now? And No, not quite. Yeah. And... Okay, so to go out on an up note, I'm going to ask two questions in a row. The first one is the most disappointing experience there, not singling anybody out or anything like that, but just like what was the one where you were kind of like, oh, that could have been better, and then your very best experience there. Um, okay, I guess uh, the most 
disappointing experience was probably the fact that the show store line was so long, you know, mm-hmm. and that, like to the point of not even being able to get into it, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of crazy. Um, the the best experience I think was you know seeing Empire Strikes Back up on the big screen, you know, with some pretty decent sound this time. It wasn't perfect sound, but it was pretty decent sound. Awesome. And uh, yeah, yeah, that was pr- probably the the highlight for me. Well, very cool. Uh, Thank you for sharing your Star Wars Celebration Orlando memories. If people want to reach out to you online, where can they find you? Uh, You can find me um, on Twitter at Mumbles3K, and you can also find me on uh, my website, CommentaryTrackStars.com, doing Commentary Trackstars, and you can find me on uh, uh, TalkFilmSociety.com, doing Soderbergh2828, and you can find me on trek.fm doing stage nine with you that's right that's right we do stage nine together over on the trek fm network which is essentially this show but for star trek creators it's a lot of fun and you can uh, also find me over uh, here on the network on aggressive negotiations a star wars podcast with matthew rushing you can find me uh, co-hosting words with nerds with my pal craig and otherwise my name on uh on the internet when it's not mud is kessel junkie and so you can find me by looking up that username but uh until next time we we thank you for listening and join us next week right back here on the nerd party network <laughs>